comics, movies, music, video games, technology, Blu-ray, television. This is the HHW LOD Podcast Network. now recording and this is out now with aaron and abe i am aaron and as always this is abe hey guys all right out now is a film podcast which has abe and i discussing new movies weekly we also bring in a little discussion about the latest movie trailers box office results and predictions a retro review that has to do with the main review of the week games and other fun stuff the main feature of the week is paranormal activity 3 this halloween's annual installment in the paranormal activity series and joining us to talk about Paranormal Activity 3 is Mark Hoban and James Plunkett. Hey, Hi, everybody. Hey, hey, guys. Hey, guys. How you doing? Very good. Good to be here. Good. Thank you for inviting me. No problem. Uh, okay, so a few announcements before we get underway with things. This is uh, episode 32. I think I might have mentioned that. And um, Out Now is brought to you by the Half Hour Wasted slash Legion of Dudes podcast network. And... Uh, you know, I just like to shout that every now and then, so I'm just going to do that. Okay, so a um, uh, few things, I guess, and one's going to be a warning. I'm going to say right off the bat, no spoilers, and I, I put Abe in caps on my thing here, uh, so uh, no no spoilers for this episode, for, any, for <laughs> big spoilers anyway. We'll get to, you know, some slight details about Paranormal Activity 3, but I think we, we don't tend to say this enough, but we try not to be very spoilery in our podcast, so especially in a movie like this where the, the scares, you know, you want to preserve some of that surprise, so... So no spoilers. What else? Uh, iTunes. Uh, we're, we are at iTunes, and we like getting reviews and ratings. So, you know, feel free to, you know, if you have a second, not not a, not a bad idea. Give us a little review or a rating on the, the old iTunes machine. So that'd be cool. And um, we have a special bonus episode coming out in the very near future. So stay tuned for that, I guess, as well. Okay. So uh, now let's move on to Know Everybody. And uh, this is where we ask each other a few questions just to kind of know everybody, get a, get a, get a solid tone for this episode going. Let's start with Mark. Aaron, yes. uh, assuming that there is a Paranormal Activity 4, and judging by the opening weekend, I'm sure there will be, what should the premise be? What should the premise of Paranormal Activity 4 yes. be? Okay. Basically, we start out in uh, present day, and we have, uh, we have Katie... Finding the DeLorean. Now, bear with me. She finds she kills the doc, obviously. She uh, finds the DeLorean, and she goes back in time with a sports almanac. Now, she gives young Katie the sports almanac in order to convince the ghost that instead of haunting people, it should, in fact, bet on big money horse races and then become the wealthiest ghost of them all. Um, well, let's see. Um, Ving Rhames co-stars. Go. Okay, done. <laughs> So essentially, a complete departure from the series. Yeah, I mean, it's, it'd be a really, it'd be a big leap. It'd be. I'd like to see the franchise reinvent itself as a time traveling oh, oh. comedy. It has to be in space. Yeah, it's, actually... it's number four. That, <laughs> Abe, that's Paranormal Activity Five. Oh, <laughs> I have this mapped out already. So. <laughs> Clear, clearly, since I was able to give that answer so clearly. <laughs> okay, um, Abe, mm -hmm. what's the best way to fight a ghost? Uh, you call the Ghostbusters. No question. That's the answer. Yeah. Answer. Um, James. Yeah. Uh, grandma's apple pie or grandma's cherry pie? <laughs> I don't know where we're going with this, uh, but I'm going to have to go with apple pie. You just can't beat that kind of crisp sweetness that you get in a, an apple pie, the cinnamon on top. Yeah. I just think it pops. It just beats cherry, hands down. It's a good guest already. Like, James already knows how, knows how to answer our know everybody questions <laughs> the correct time. <laughs> um, this is going to go to Abe. Yep. So what sorts of props in Paranormal Activity 3 did you find disturbing simply because 
you may have noticed them in your childhood. Not gonna lie, uh, Teddy Rockspin. Yes. Yeah, because uh, for a moment there, I, was, I thought I was gonna go poltergeisty, where it was gonna, you know, start talking. But I know they missed Teddy a Rockspin. golden opportunity to actually have that bear talk and do stuff. Or, I think or do something weird. Yeah, but yeah, definitely Teddy Rockspin. So say, say something very Teddy Rockspin, like, or say something that's very un. Teddy Ruxpin-ish. In what I assume the three-hour movie version of Paranormal Activity 3, given all the footage we didn't see, I assume the Teddy Ruxpin played a huge part. <laughs> it, might, it might have gotten a, a casting credit. Voiced by Teddy Ruxpin, yeah. Uh, Mark, uh, Bloody Mary or Mimosa? Um, <laughs> you know, I'm a big fan of uh, alcohol in the morning, so I'll say a Mimosa. Okay. That's a fun quote for the episode, a poll quote. I'm a big fan of alcohol in the morning. Yeah, it's a, it's Mark a great ex- out now air name guest. When people say, like, you know, oh, you're drinking before noon, I'm like, well, it's a mimosa. It's okay. Yeah, it's good with brunch. Uh, James, what yeah. is what do you think is the greatest entry in the Paranormal Activity series? So which, which Paranormal Activity movie did uh, you like the best? Oh, okay. To be honest, I thought the, the suspense in the first film was just so unreal to me it was so fresh and it was original and when i saw that in the theater um scared the living crap out of me um let's uh, let's leave, let's leave it at that for now then we'll get okay. back to the All other right. we'll get back to our thoughts on the series as a whole i guess later on but. great okay mark uh did you find the blair witch project which is very very similar i guess with the, the use of the cameras did you find that scarier than paranormal one two or three um I would have to say, yes, I did, because it was the one that kind of started it all. Um, I mean, there may, be, there may be sort of films that did that kind of thing about found footage before that, but Blair Witch Project is kind of the first film that I'm aware of that sort of, you know, exploited that idea of, like, this is really happening and this is an actual something that's happening. So... Yeah, no, I, I think Player Witch Project was probably the, the scariest of... Uh, it's actually... It's a film I actually... I like quite a bit. Um, and I would have to put that at, like, at the top. Okay, guys. Uh, last one. Slimer... This is for everybody. Slimer, Beetlejuice, or Toby? Beetlejuice. Yeah, Beetlejuice. Wait, hold on a second. Who's Slimer? From, uh... From Ghostbusters. Ghostbusters. He's the green guy. He's Slimer. Oh, Slimer. Oh, oh, yes, yeah. Um, Toby. Sure. <laughs> Toby. He's a good pal, and he's on your side, right? Okay, so that was a little that was a little new, everybody. Uh, I think we all know everybody a little better, right? Mm, I do. Mark. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Necessary question. Okay, let's move on to uh, trailer talk, where we talk about a couple of the newest movie trailers. And um, the first trailer we'll talk about is um, The Devil Inside. The uh, It's a new, uh, another found footage movie, I guess, uh, I guess it debuted right in front of Paranormal, so good timing, I guess. And uh, what is this one about? I guess it was a, kind of about a <clears throat> look to be a, an exorcism, an exorcism that's kind of based around both religion and science. Is that a good way to phrase it? Yep. And uh, I'll say uh, from my own personal experience watching this trailer in a packed midnight theater, the audience went wild for this one. Like, they, peop- after it ended, people were clapping. That's how, like... That's how much people like really embrace this trailer. I can't say that I'm like, yeah, I need to see this movie right away because it's coming out in January, which makes me like skeptical. I'm like, okay, well, there's probably a reason for that. But, uh, you know, it, it had all the classic exorcism tropes of crazy things happening. Plus, it's like a found footage exorcism movie. So, you know, I guess we'll, we'll see where that goes. Uh, Abe, thoughts? Yeah, unimpressed. I mean, it's got a lot of the elements of a lot of other exorcism movies, like we said. Nothing really that was, I guess, original, so I'm not really too, too excited for it. Yeah, I'm not particularly excited. I actually think it's kind of sad that an exorcism movie can actually be considered a genre at this point. There's so many of them. Um, But uh, I, I thought that the trailer looked kind of derivative of other films that I've seen before, and it even ended with this nursery rhyme sort of in a sing-songy kind of malevolent way that I've seen in other uh, movies as well. So it nothing about the trailer really impressed me that much. Well, I have to disagree with Mark. I think that the trailer was, um, well, really piqued my interest because 
I think any element in a horror movie relies so heavily on sound. And just the sound alone in that trailer freaked me out. I don't know what kind of, what she was saying. Like, do you, do you remember exactly what she was saying? Like, tick, 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 tick. She was doing something with her throat. But the way that kind of came up and down the, the stadium seating of the theater really freaked me out. It, was, it sounded like the voice was right behind me. So I just, I thought it was really interesting. It's, I think you're right that exorcism genres are kind of becoming way too popular, but I thought this film looked pretty good. So I'm going to definitely give it a shot when it comes out. I, I will say that I think given the movie that they have, I mean, I, obviously I haven't seen it yet, but I think they did a pretty effective job in marketing it. So I thought the trailer was, it was a nicely edited piece of filmmaking, I, but I just, I can kind of see behind the, the, right. uh, the gimmicks and I, I sort of, I'm just, I could be wrong, but it, it looks like a few things that I've seen before. So, uh, Time will tell, I guess, when we find out if it's rating PG-13 or R. I think that <laughs> might be a tell as well of how interested I might be in this movie. But uh, the uh, film comes out in uh, January 6th. So uh, basically, once I'm done seeing all the Oscar contenders, maybe maybe I'll give The Devil Inside a shot on some random weekend as well. Um, Abe, how about you start the next trailer? Uh, the next trailer we're going to talk about is Young Adult, starring Charlize Theron, um, who... Apparently it goes back to her hometown trying to impress some people, but there's probably more than meets the eye in terms of Charlize Theron's her life after high school. She's left for the big city, I guess, and come back to uh, the small town. Um, it's written by Diablo, Diablo Cody, uh, writer of Juno, and directed by Jason Reitman, uh, director of Up in the Air and Juno. So it's, uh, it's probably going to be a really good movie. <laughs> so uh, I'm excited for this one. I am right there with you. I, I, Jason Reitman so far is three for three with me with Thank You for Smoking, Juno, and Up in the Air, movies that I've each watched many times. I just really like I, I really like his movies, apparently, and I really like Juno as well. So I'm not so much Jennifer's Body, the other uh, Diablo Cody thing that happened, but uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I'm, and uh, I like it's not, it's not It's hard not to, you know, get excited about seeing Charlie Theron in general. So that's more on that. Mark? Yes, I, I completely agree. Um, Aaron, you named the three films I, I just love about uh, Jason Reitman. Uh, Thank You for Smoking was a really excellent film. Um, it did get a lot of critical acclaim, but it wasn't a, it wasn't a huge box office success, but yeah. it was really good. And, uh, and then Juno and Up in the Air did get a fair amount of box office success. So, um, no, I'm, I'm very much looking forward to it. Um, I haven't really seen a whole lot in, of Charlize Theron recently. Um, she had a very small part in The Road. And then uh, she was also in Hancock, which is the last film that I saw, I mean, besides The Road. So I, I'm looking forward to seeing her again. It's also got Patrick Wilson, who also I think is a, is a good actor. So, uh, yeah, I think this this looks to be a, like a pretty good film. And uh, Patton Oswalt's in there, too. And uh, I know it's the movies, the movies of sensibly a comedy and his, his role in the trailer certainly, you know, seems more comedic. But I'd like to think that because this is it's probably going to have a little drama in it. But I'd like to see Patton Oswalt do a little little work on the dramatic side that'd be cool has anyone seen the movie uh big fan no nope no i have not oh, okay that's a wild tangent but big fan was from the uh the writer of the wrestler it's about pat noswell's like this huge um what is he what kind of fan is he he's a um pat pat, pat noswell's a huge uh, new york giants fan in that movie and it's like it's like basically a, a pretty dark comedy almost a drama of how about him be, dealing with his favorite player beating him up his favorite football player like beats him up in a bar and like how he gets over that but it was surprisingly strong work from Pat Oswalt of all people hmm. yeah actually uh Pat Oswalt also uh was involved in the roast of William Shatner <laughs> and he he was actually pretty funny in that i know it's not a movie but um he he demonstrates some Definite comedic timing in that. Actually, James, I think we yeah. completely ran over you. What did you think of the trailer? <laughs> well, you know what? It struck me a little bit as too chick flicky for me, but um, I have no doubt that the filmmakers are going to take this film and just run away and make it fantastic. They're going to do something great with it. I have no doubt about that. So um, I, I, I'm going to reserve my judgment until it comes out. I just see that. I just now see that J.K. Simmons is apparently the narrator, so that already makes me happier. <laughs> All right, great. So, uh, yeah, that was a little trailer talk. Let's, uh, that, I guess that'll take us into our film review for uh, Paranormal Activity 3. Katie, Christy, say hi to the camera. Something's going on. Baby, kiss. Do the knocking game you showed me, remember? 
<laughs> How do you do it? I don't know, ask her. I really like that trick. It's not a trick. You've been doing it all day. There was something in the house. Christy's like connected. A real life poltergeist. She's like, Carol Ann, I just gotta film this stuff. I set up my cameras around the house, right? I can maybe capture something. Yeah. Julie, watch, watch, watch. See that? What? Oh my god. <laughs> what is going on? Hey, Christy. And I saw you talking oh, to somebody. I know. He's very sweet. He's my friend. I don't see him. Staring right next to you. Honey, he's not there. All right, so that was a little bit of the tra trailer for uh, Paranormal Activity 3, the third installment of Paranormal Activity series, uh, the, the, the now annual Halloween event that occurs, apparently. And uh, this film takes us, takes us back to the 80s. Uh, time of of gods and um <laughs> that makes no sense <laughs> this this film took us back to the 80s where we uh first encountered the uh, sisters katie and christy who were you know the lead characters in both paranormal activity one and two and we see them as children and find out that their past their future experiences weren't the first time dealing with bumps in the night as uh they have paranormal problems that they must deal with and uh, their stepfather Dennis who happens to be a videographer decides to set up cameras in the house and observe what's going on in the night and of course crazy kooky things happen lots of waiting 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 and then scare you and then waiting and then scare you again until scares get scarier and scarier so <laughs> um, let's start with James James what did you think of Paranormal Activity 3 and some brief opening thoughts sure yeah um, well, first of all, I was really looking forward to this film. I enjoyed the first two so much. Um, I think that this one is about on par with the first Paranormal. Um, the thrills are certainly there. Um, you have to see the first two in order to really understand the plot line because this goes back to the 80s, way before any of the other films. So um, in, in all, I, I did enjoy it. I thought it maybe. Uh, the same kind of like storyline and the same kind of um, uh, use of cameras got a little uh, a little tiresome for me, but overall I really enjoyed it. I'm curious what your thoughts are. I can go. Um, I I um, I was yeah I I'm in the same league as you as I was looking forward to this movie. I like the Paranormal Activity movies. I've been a fan of them for the first two, and um, by I can I can I can kind of describe my process. For seeing them, basically, I I watched nothing about the first movie except hearing the fact that it exists, and I saw it, and I was like, "Oh, this is pretty good." And then that night, when I went to sleep and woke up the next morning, then I realized it was really good because I had a lot of trouble sleeping. <laughs> Same kind of thing happened for the second one. I avoided all the trailers and just went into it fresh, so I'd be like, "Okay, cool, let's see another paranormal activity movie." And I had the same kind of reaction. It was a little less. I liked it a little less than the first one, but I still got the scares I wanted. And the third one, I think, is about on par with the second one to me. Like, yeah, I don't think it's as as fresh and original as like the first one is, I say original kind of in quotes, just because it's 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 only so going to be so much as original as you think. But um, I still got a lot of scares out of the third one, especially it, it certainly packs the most scares of the three movies. It it really it, it has it has the most scares going on, the most the biggest scare ratio, I guess. Of, oh, I gotta agree with you there. Yeah, uh, they do a lot of there's a lot of creative stuff that I really enjoyed about it. There's some. There's some flaws that we'll get to that, in, that I think involve the plotting and um, how good this film looks for being set in the 80s. But uh, overall, I, I can't say that I was deeply disturbed at night as I have been with the past couple, but I did have a lot of scares in the theater. And yeah, so I, I enjoyed the movie. Okay. Uh, I, I, I had a lot of fun with this movie. It was, it was a fun movie to go to, especially with like a packed audience who's yelling at the screen a lot. Uh, I felt that this movie was more fun more of a movie element uh thing than the two paranormals it was it was less boring than number two i, I really didn't enjoy part two as much um and definitely the scares were pretty good it was a lot of uh, a lot more stuff that was happening a lot more kinetic motion that was happening in in this third one and so i enjoyed that a lot more than the previous two the first one was was just a little bit more disturbing in terms of okay well yeah this is this is kind of crazy um, and the second one, again, I was kind of bored with that because the, the dynamic of the family breaking apart over, like, 
the pool cleaner. You know, it's like, what? You know, give me a break. And this third one was just, I liked how it was more, there, there was a more story behind to it. And I know that it's probably, like, you know, they're, they're reeling it back to, to create a story for it. But um, I just felt as though it was, it was actually just a better, uh, I guess, movie in a sense overall. Mark? <laughs> okay. So it's good that you have me on the show because I'm going to be the voice of dissension. <laughs> um, I loved the first Paranormal Activity. I thought it was innovative and you know very interesting and i was scared same thing i when after i saw the film i got home and i actually had trouble sleeping at night thinking like there was someone in the room watching me the second one i loved as well not as much because it's sort of the same thing however they i thought they added a nice backstory they the second one was a prequel i'm like oh prequel interesting idea because we're going before the first one but now paranormal activity 3 it's another prequel so already I'm like, okay, we've we've seen this before. Let's let's you know I'm willing to still give it some you know uh, a chance. I felt like there were some scares, and I I did get some enjoyment out of it. However, I don't feel that the film added anything other than formula. Now we're it, it's still the same thing. It's more you know found footage. It's video camera setting it up, watching what happens in the house while you're sleeping. So it, you know, the first one, it's innovative. The second one, okay, you're kind of doing the same thing, but you've added some backstory. Third one, it's the same thing. We're still seeing the same video um, while they're sleeping, what's happening. And I just don't know how many times I can see a body dragged across the floor or a door slamming on its own volition before I kind of roll my eyes and say, okay, I've seen all this before. So while I did feel like the film did have some scares and, you know, it, they did some sort of slightly different takes on the same formula. In the end, it was just a formula, and I couldn't, I can't give it a, I can't give it a positive review. And I think if you've never seen the other two and you watch this one, then yes, you you should raise the review because you'll like it. But anyone who's seen one and two, I feel like this is just the same same thing. It, it's funny because I agree with you with everything you've said, yet I still enjoy, I still got enough out of the scares that I'm willing to look past the fact that it is formula, and mm-hmm. I could just say, this is the perfect kind of movie to go and see in a theater. Now, I get, because since we rate based on when you would see this movie, ideally, I still think the ideal place to see this movie is in a theater. I mean, because, like Abe said, I mean, you have, like, audiences react to these movies, and it's way more fun to be in a big theater with the sound system, so you hear, like, the you know, the creepy things very well and you have like a giant screen to like play basically where's waldo the ghost (laughs) version on the screen with while the whole audience is like sharing the same level of stress with you because you have cameras basically tracking like certain things and you're like what's going to happen next and you have this collective amount of like scare happening and that i can appreciate that still like i I can, I, I can certainly see the flaws in this because I certainly found many flaws in it, but like it's such a great audience kind of movie to go and see that I, I that's why I overall I'd still want to recommend I'd recommend this movie. I still got enough fun of it out of it out of it in that respect in terms of both like the the way you view this movie along with the actual movie itself. Totally agree with you. I feel that having a big audience and seeing this in the theater is uh, gonna make your experience so much better. I, in a way, I feel like it's going to—it's like going to an amusement park and going on a roller coaster. If you're going to go by yourself, it's not going to be as interesting. But if you're there with everyone screaming, you know, it just has like a multiplicative effect on you. You can just kind of like—you're there, you're in the scene, and it's—it's it's so much easier to get into the film when everyone around you is freaking out. Yeah, I, I think that the analogy to a roller coaster is a really good one. The—the the thing is, this isn't a roller coaster; it's a film. And I, ex- I guess what I expect out of a film is a narrative and a plot and, and more. I guess I just expect more of a film. So as a film, I just don't feel like it rose to the level of, you know, the other two. I mean, again, if this was a film that existed on its own, it had never um, had these other films before, I would probably say that it was better. Right. The way it was, it wasn't that I felt as though it was that quality, though. It was like, it gave more of a narrative because the other two, I, I guess the first one was kind of on par, but the second one I was just like, there's no narrative here. They're they're going chronologically in order from night one to like night whatever, and there's nothing happening. There's you know, I mean, I know that's building up some kind of tension, 
but for this one, there's there's characters, there's a plot line, there's like something that they have to figure out, and it's exactly what you said. There's it's exactly the same as the other ones, but I just had fun with this one. It was actually a really cool thing to to watch, <laughs> and there was a sense of I guess more intrigue too because there's another role by. Uh, I forget her name, but you know it's the grandmother role, so it's it's pretty cool. You know, it's it's um, it takes it beyond just a house. But speaking about the house, I mean the scares were really well done. You know, there's there's a there's a part with the sheet, and that was something that hadn't been done in the other ones. Um, and there was also the part where a lot of things just fall from the ceiling that hadn't really been done either. It was just uh, there, there actually was a scene in the second With, one where they were in the living yeah. room. There's a, sim- there's a slightly They're similar, very scene. similar, okay. and I, and I like. I, I, but I, I kind of, I agree that, with Abe there though. That scare in that with what he's referring to was awesome. I think the way I it was like, set yeah. up. And I like it... that scene. Yeah, I thought it was an interesting effect, but it was something that I we had we've seen that in the second one with the living room with everything, or it was in the kitchen or where, where everything in the second one where everything burst out all of a sudden. So that effect had been done before i i and again it, it this third one it's probably one of the best effects in yeah. the whole film but it it, it was i saw that i'm like okay i saw that before i wanted to touch on something right there because i think you're kind of hitting it for me this movie had a much higher budget than the first film which only had a fifteen thousand dollar budget this movie had millions of dollars i felt that they could have done more elaborate kind of interesting effects that um, and you're right, there was only one big, really scary effect, I think, uh, and that involved, like, the kitchen scene. Uh, well, okay, yeah, in terms of, like, yeah, I would say that would be probably the biggest, because there's a lot of, there's a lot of manipul- visual manipulation going on, which you can tell in terms of things disappearing and moving and whatnot. And, yeah, I would say that scene that we're referring to has, is the biggest effect. But there's a, there's a, a little girl in peril scene that's pretty intense yeah, as well. Yeah. I mean... <laughs> And I think that's why this one is just like it's they they did take it above to that that extra level because there's a lot more ghost play in this one too, um, you know the the girl runs into something uh, while chasing her sister and that was that was crazy uh, and there's just a lot of really scary stuff that happens um, whereas like in the other two there's a lot of dragging or there's a lot of waiting uh, the first one I gave a pass to because again I'd never seen anything like it. The second one, I was, I was really just... The girl gets locked out of her house. I, the, the, the stepdaughter in part two just gets locked out of her house for, like, 30 minutes. And it's like, okay. And then they just show front shots of, you know, the front yard at nighttime. It's like, what is this? So, I did enjoy the amped-up scares. So, okay, so clearly, clearly you didn't like the yeah. second film, Abe, right? <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. so, yeah, Mark, you liked it. I liked it. James, you liked it. We all, so we all like the second film. Mark, you, you're coming down. You you basically you've seen it before. That's kind of where you're at with the with the right, third right. one. And I appreciated the scares enough to kind of look past these points. So James James liked it as just the third film or the, as the first film. I did. I did. I thought um, with number two, for whatever reason, I just enjoyed the fresh new house, the the more the added cameras. Uh, in the first film, you only had the one bedroom camera, and then you had. Um, my mind's lapsing on the actor's name, but you ha- he was walking around with his camera handheld. In the second film, they added so many cameras to it, and then they added the panning perspective. So the camera was like a security camera, and it was just panning around. So oh. um, let's, talk, know, let's, talk, let's talk about yeah, the, the third actually, film for a second. That, that's that... a really good point. Uh, that's actually one of the things I really did like about this film is when he mounted the camera on the oscillating fan, and you get this pan and scan kind of you know format where something appears in the frame that wasn't there before you're so you're constantly anticipating something appearing there that wasn't there before i thought that was a good gimmick i like that that's yeah, I, they that was something that they added that was fresh to this film that wasn't to the other ones completely so, agree yes right so that i mean that was one of the the things that i you know i didn't completely loathe the film but that that was one of the things i liked so that was fresh i like that yeah I, that was an amazing way to create tension of like having right. the, having the fan kind of 
the camera fan move and you like, yeah, exactly. You see something and then it moves away from it and you're like, well, but we need to see what, no, what, ah, okay. And then it comes back and something's not there anymore. And it's just like, yeah, that's an amazing way to create. It just, and when I sit in the theater watching paranormal activities, I, movies, I am stressed out. Like, the unbelief. <laughs> it's just like, what is no, I need to know what is happening right now. Toby's apparently around. <laughs> By the way, what do you guys think about the name Toby? It, it, it's very—it's like a misnomer, isn't it? I found it weird that HR would be haunting girls. HR, <laughs> office bull. That's my yeah. office reference. Yes. <laughs> I, I thought that uh, I'm never gonna name anything Toby ever again. Uh, I, I didn't like Toby it. Toby or Teddy yeah. You know, um, James, you made a point. You made a a note about the uh, the budget of this film, several million dollars more, which leads me into my next point, which involves the trailer. Um, the trailer for Paranormal Activity Three. Despite the fact that I tried to avoid it intentionally because I didn't want to be spoiled, was apparently unnecessary because the trailer contains almost probably maybe one percent of footage from the actual movie, and everything else True. seems to be from some other alternate version of the movie. Because there are tons of things that just do not happen in this movie, and like they actually evoke other other more expensive movies. Like there's I believe like a house is on fire at one point. There's like crazy things going on with characters we never see. There's other completely separate scenes that we never see in this film. Like, there is a lot going on in that trailer, and apparently that they shot that we just are, are you have to wait for the the super long extended cut version or just never going to see. Or it's being saved for Paranormal Activity 4, I guess. I think that that's a great element, well, I, too, which is, like, you can't uh, you go and expecting, okay, well, I'm going to be safe for this scene because I've already seen the trailer. You're not safe. <laughs> um, there's everything uh, that you said, which is true, which is there's nothing in, or there's largely not a whole lot in the trailer that you're going to see in the film. And the other thing I was thinking of is you're going to catch a lot of fakers who said that they go that they went to go see it, but they clearly did not go to go see it. I like that aspect. <laughs> That's pretty good. You got them. A lot of fakers. Yeah. A lot of fakers are going to say. It was so scary, the part where they're playing Bloody Mary. Like, what? <laughs> but one of the problems with that is that the trailer actually had scenes that were scarier than anything I saw in the film. That part with the two little girls playing Bloody Mary and then they do the, the fake out with the with the uh, flashlight in her yeah. face. Then there's a silhouette, you know, right? And then, she, and then she walks out of the room and then there's the silhouette. That was scarier than anything I saw in the whole film. So th at the end of the film, I'm like, I felt cheated. Like, oh, that was actually the scariest thing and it wasn't even in the film. I, I going on your point, I absolutely agree. There is a shot in the trailer where one of the little girls is jumping off her um yes, balcony. Jumping off like some, you know, like down the railing. stairs or something like that. That doesn't happen in the movie and that is an awesome scene in the trailer, you know? So, I don't know why they didn't include it. It's, and it was that's a good scene. That's one of the things that got me excited to see the film and I guess they did their job as far as marketing, but when it's not in the movie, then you start to feel like, okay, it was just I was duped. It's a it's a trailer full of money shots. Now that being said, I didn't watch the trailer. I avoided it, as I said, so I I didn't feel cheated, I guess, because right, I, right. I I went in there fresh. Not besides the teaser, which I saw, which has the Bloody Mary scene. I think there's a there's another Bloody Mary scene that's that's it's also very tense in this yeah. in this film. I, I, w I wouldn't say that, that that was, like, scarier than anything I saw in the movie. I think there are a lot of scares in the movie, especially when it gets bat crazy at the end. Like, there's... there's... I, I, we don't have to spoil the scene, but I don't even know what was scary about that Bloody Mary scene. I mean, I don't... In the in the actual movie, I, I don't know. There was sounds. There was sounds <laughs> happening, but I don't... I don't know. I, I couldn't... I didn't get scared. I, mean, I, I was anticipating. I, I, I was anticipating, but... There was that silhouette in the trailer, but for the actual film, I think that there was that sense of, okay, well... What's going on? And then there's a likable character right there too, you know, played by Randy. And a little yeah, girl, and, like little children in yeah, peril. Yeah, and, and you know, weird stuff happens. You know, it's like, and I agree that okay, well, you know, there's a silhouette in the trailer. It'd be really interesting to see what happens with that silhouette. But that same silhouette is basically cut from another scene in the in the final production when they're they're True. in the house yes, you know, later in the house. So it's kind of just like you know they're just toying with you i guess to some degree but speaking of the little girl and randy and everything else that's what i'm getting at too with like uh, i like the character development in this movie actually yeah that's something i want to yeah. do too and you know, uh I, I think that it's um it's really the, the directors uh and the directors of this are the directors of catfish and i saw catfish and i was really stunned by like i wasn't really too sure i've, I've talked with aaron about this before too which is were some parts staged was it fake was it real 
and it's it's really gives you uh, like it really leaves you confused. And with this, the 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 direction was terrific for the two little girls. I was I believed everything that they they said. Um, it was pretty well done by Randy and by uh, I forget what the guy's name is uh, Dennis. Dennis. Yeah, and it was just overall well done. Uh, it was very believable to some degree. I think, with one exception, which I'll get to, I think that this is actually the best acted movie of the three of them. I think the second one probably had the worst acting, and I don't, I don't think anyone seems to like Mika at all in the first movie, <laughs> which kind of holds it back. But um, I, I do think that there's a there's a there's a quality in acting in this movie that makes me that made me appreciate it more, given the flaws that I sh- I do find with it that I share in opinion with, uh, with I, Mark. About. I, I don't feel like the acting in the first or the second one was bad. I don't think it's necessarily bad. I think it's just, I felt more connected. Uh, maybe um, I felt, I felt the character, I've spent more than the second one. I think the characters are more likable in this movie than the, uh, than they have been in the past. I, I appreciated the, uh, the family dynamic this time around opposed to the first one, which had an unlikable Mika and the second one, which had kind of, characters fighting over over the pool cleaner as Abe said (laughs) so my observation about this is um you know you're obviously not going to this movie for the acting but one of the things you got to keep in mind is that you're not noticing the bad acting which makes it you know so much better like the third one I never once thought oh this is a cheesy acting monologue or something like that you it was just it it worked it was uh seamless um it seemed like the the acting never once occurred to me and it was actually pretty decent in this film. So, um, you know, compared to the others, I thought this one definitely, um, had much better actors. It's why I bring it up. Cause yeah, I didn't think about it during the time It was more after the fact as I, you know, have to collect my thoughts about the film that I'm like, you know what? I really actually don't well, like the characters in this film a lot. I, and I think that's a credit to, um, the directors, Harry, Henry Joost and Ariel Shulman who did catfish and kind of have, I think have a, a solid grasp on, handling a documentary and now they're applying it to basically a formula horror movie and they may i think they made the best of not necessarily a bad situation but a situation where they basically stand to you know make money and get more acclaim because they can make an easy paranormal activity three movie for a franchise that's popular right now and then go on to do better things in the future i don't know i mean i thought the first one actually made me feel like it was really happening so i thought the acting in the first one was great i thought those people i really felt for them and you know, whether or not they were being terrorized by this ghost. The third one has children in it. There's something to be said about, you know, like you said, children in peril. We we, we care about them. But I, I, I didn't feel like... And then, like, again, um, uh, you mentioned, uh, James, about we don't go to these films for acting. We go to these films for, you know, to be scared. And I can't be scared by the same thing a third time in a row. I just... I, I saw that, dra- the, that same body dragged across the floor in the first one and the second one. Third time, I'm like, okay, you know, and they do a, a few very little variations in the formula, but not enough to to make me, you know, feel like I I I, I, I this was money well spent. I, I'd rather just watch the first one again and then and see this. But here's again. a question I have for you, which is um, not not to uh, get too much into it, but it's just more. Was it because the first one was just really fresh for you? You know, like you'd never seen. Well, I didn't know exactly. What to expect. Yeah, so that's that's what yeah. it was. It was fresh and. So, you know, these long, uninterrupted scenes of just video footage in a fir- in the first film, y- yes, it's long, it's uninterrupted, nothing's mm-hmm. happening. And the second one, I will admit that there are the first half of yeah. the second film, almost nothing happens. So I- I'll admit that. But I didn't ex- I didn't know what to ex- I still sort of they were adding this backstory to it. But the third time around, it's like, OK, you know, enough. I mean, I defy I'd, I, I uh, challenge all of you that like this film to watch all three films in a row. I mean, that would be that would be torture for me. One torture for me too because if you stress after, it out from the scares I'm getting just, from people. It would be like a, you know, a, a 5 hour uninterrupted, you know, I, I I don't think anyone could watch all three of these films in a row and and enjoy yeah. it. Here's my question. Have any of you seen the first two more than once? Yes. You have? Yeah, I've seen you? a couple I've of times. Seen, yeah. I've seen each once. You've only like seen each once. I like to torture my girlfriend. <laughs> and then you watch the movies. But, um, uh, I, yeah, I, I, I view these as movies that I only watch once. I have no intentions on watching the other, the first two or this one again. And I think it's more just because I like that moment. And I don't think I can, right, right. Re- I don't think I can recreate the feeling that I and get out of watching I, I, I agree with you, Aaron. The, the, to me, this is the kind of thing that it's spoiled. Once you've seen it, 
it's not the kind of movie that re- stands up to repeated viewings. Um, so I, I would agree with you on that. Yeah, and with that said, knowing that in advance and going to see the third one, it's everything. I know what I'm coming to get. Like besides the fact that like there's going to be something changed, there's be new characters, new location, whatever. I know that I know the movie that I'm getting into, and that I guess that also leads into why I'm not so disappointed. I come out. I come out with yeah, this is what I saw, and now I got like the entertainment I wanted out of it, and I'm not think it, it doesn't bother me that it's following a formula because at this point I'm with it. I I dig the formula, and like I I didn't like the Saw series that carried on for seven years, but I really still dig the Paranormal Activity series, and I'm looking forward to wherever Paranormal Four goes oh. at this point, even though I know it's going to be you know some convenient setup to have characters putting cameras in their house again in order to see ghosts do things in the night. It's still something that. It, it does enough to me from a scare standpoint and an entertainment value, and especially with the audiences that I watch it with, that I dig it. I, I still, I'm still with it, and it didn't, it does, it's not bugging me that, uh, that it's following a formula as long as that formula still works for me in my mm-hmm. mind. So that's. Well, let me ask you guys a question. Maybe we could just go around. If you guys had to buy this movie on, or would you guys buy this movie on DVD when it comes out? As I've said, no. <laughs> Um, I think that I would torrent it because uh, I think that this is actually a, a yeah, it. Uh, I think that this is actually the the one that, of the three that if I had to purchase one, I would purchase this one. Uh, I wouldn't purchase one or two because again, I think that there are only a few things. Whereas this one has more of a film, like a full feature length kind of thing going on with it. Um, so I liked it more than the other two. I think it should be fairly obvious, but I have no intention to ever watching this film again. Nor do I have a desire to see The Blair Witch Project, despite the fact that I think it's probably one of the greatest horror films ever made. It's Those are films that are spoiled. Once you've seen it, it it's not going to stand up to repeated viewings because you know what happens. That, that ending in Blair Witch Project, the first time you see it, one of the scariest things I've ever seen. But not, once you know it, there's a backlash against that Blair Witch Project because people, after you've seen it, you're familiar with it, and then you say, well, there really wasn't that much to it. No, there wasn't when you really pick it apart. But when you're in the theater watching it, I don't. I think people forget, like when Blair Witch Project first came out, there was a huge you know, hype about it, people lining up for hours to see it. And there was a reason for that. It was a really well-made film. A lot of people don't like that film now because they've seen it, and they now they like to like put it down. But it was a great film. But I can't a film series like Paranormal Activity uh, giving me the same thing that they've given me twice before. I, I just, it's like enough. It's you, you can't get by by just giving me the same thing again. You know, if they came out with a box set, I would, I would get it. Um, I would shell out the money, not because you see, I don't always buy DVDs. It's just that I'm a big fan of horror movies, and um, to me. Uh, there's something familiar about them, and I enjoy, like, even, you know, I gotta disagree with you, like, I, I enjoy kind of, like, the uh, familiarity of the scare, so, um, I have seen number one, number two, like, two or three times each, and, um, I still enjoy them, you know, and I can't really, I can't really put my finger on it, but I gotta say, I just enjoy having the, um, uh, just kind of, like, the expected scare, I don't know, I, I maybe, yeah, no, because, I, I, I get it, but I understand where you're coming from. It comes down to, you know, people scare differently in some ways. And yeah, I, I can see, yeah, the formula thing is is what's getting to Mark the most. Because, I mean, it's something he he knew, you knew what you were getting into enough that you're just like, well, it didn't really do anything newish to make me want to appreciate this film more than the ones that have already done the same thing. And I can understand that. Yeah, it's it's just, I'm, I still, I legitimately still get scared by these movies but, enough that I Aaron, can Aaron, how it. many films, let's say, how many films of these can you see where they're doing the same thing? Just showing people. I mean, time, time will have to tell because I still, right. look forward, I still look forward to four. And if four, you know, if it, if it feels, if it feels unfresh to me at that point, then I'll stop liking the series because I'm, I mean, but until that point, like, I'm still with it. I, I still, I got the same kind of visceral reaction that I had watching the first two movies with this one, so I'm willing to stand by the series until it disappoints me in some way. And even then, I mean, the follow-up to whatever the one disappoints me is, if there is a follow-up, I mean, who knows? It could be better. The Saw series is a series that I've hate, but I've seen every installment of that damn movie, and some of them are better than others, not by much, but that happens. Uh, even, what, 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 we can do, we can even, we can do other series, like the, the Fast and Furious series. 
if there's ever a series that I need to talk more about, it's the Fast and Furious series. And Fast Five, the fifth in the franchise, is the best one of the series. Like it, it's just how things get handled. And this one didn't, you know, it didn't reinvent anything in terms of the movie the, for paranormal activity. It didn't reinvent anything for what it tried to do, but it still stood up well enough for me to appreciate it. If the next one doesn't do anything again, I may be with it, I may not, depending on how well I react to the scares involved, or maybe the audience is just a bunch of dicks or something, but who knows? Maybe the maybe the fifth one after that becomes scary again because it goes back in time or into the space or something. <laughs> I, I have to call somebody out. The sort of Oren Pelly, who was yes. the director of the first film. And the he's producer on the all these ones. Right, the subsequent ones. He also produced Insidious this year. Correct. Insidious is one of my favorite films of the whole year. And I think I'm actually, I know it got decent reviews, but I've actually elevated that film higher than I think most people. I think Insidious is a brilliant film. So I love horror films. I love them. But so it's, it has nothing to do with that. I'm, I'm definitely there. And in fact, I walked into this film set to love it because the Catfish um, was one of my favorite films of last year. So there was every the stars were aligned for me to love this film. I wanted to love it, and it and I didn't. So Oren Pelly is a very talented individual. I, I'm looking forward to everything that he does. He's doing something next year, Area 51. I'm very much looking forward to that. Yeah, I didn't know he made Insidious as well, but um, he produced it. Producer, yeah. producer. Oh, the uh, the directors of Saw, the directors and writers of the first Saw movie, and and Oren Pelly and his 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 uh, crew, the, the or directors and writers of Paranormal Activity, they combined forces to be, create the Planeteers, and they made uh, Insidious together. Well, I thought that film, I gotta agree with you, Mark, that was brilliant. Um, and you, I guess you can see a lot of similarity between this movie and, and Insidious. Or, or can you? Well, yeah, I, Insidious is basically like the live-action version of Paranormal Activity, or like the, the filmed version, opposed to the found-footage version. In, in <laughs> yeah, I mean, I was going to bring up Insidious in the in the retro review, um, but for Insidious, that movie had me thinking for days, because I was more I was more uh, worried about mirrors in that, uh, in that movie <laughs> than I was from watching, like, Paranormal... Like, I slept pretty well last night. That's, that's what I'm going to say. But for, for Insidious, I was like, oh, um... I wonder if I'm going to astro project right now and go into like some house. But uh, I think, yeah, I think Aaron, you said it best, which is like, it's the movie version of these found footage things. But at the same time, it holds its own because the story was pretty cool. You know, like the, the whole entire storyline of the astro projection and also um, the ghosts were, were pretty, pretty spooky. So um, the photographs, yeah, that was I was scooped out. I'm never going to look at any old what? photographs ever again. Wait, before we um, get to our rating, I want to point out one last thing, unless it leads to more things. But um, so, and this is kind of nitpicky, not really. But so it's set in the 80s. It's being it's being filmed with cameras that tape on VHS. Um, did, did anyone notice how clean those movies looked as we were watching it? <laughs> for, for one thing, it's You did it's have to fix the tracking in the beginning. Come on. Individual tracking, but then it's it right. It's, it's widescreen high presentation. VHS high definition VHS. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's a high def VHS. You thought Micah was there with his camera. Yeah. Which it, it it wasn't it 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 was kind of distracting because I was like, every time it did like the yeah the auto tracking on there, and I was like, uh, okay, <laughs> it's, it looks pretty clean after all, that auto tracking got done, I guess. And then I can only imagine that there was some conversation at Paramount where like the directors wanted to like shoot it in four by three format and make it look like you know an actual movie from the eighties. And then the paranormal, like, uh, the the Paramount executives were like, no, and then just said no. It's like no, you're making a widescreen. Movie. Oh, because it was widescreen, yeah. huh? Yeah. Yeah. So see, I didn't even notice that, but yeah, that, those are definitely valid concerns but it, it, it got to be it i will say like, this okay, though this is... it was more realistic of an 80s film than the thing <laughs> I mean, come on oh, all yeah. that they did was yes. like you know men at work on and that was the th that was the 80s for you that was, that was it. yeah he was he, he had the right about a scruff <laughs> although there's one scene where the wife's doing marijuana and not cocaine so i mean how, how 80s was it right yeah <laughs> they had like the the cordless phone with like the cool antenna yeah <laughs> yeah Oh, that's another thing. That's what I wanted to put out, the weak link in the acting that I saw. Not necessarily a weak link, but it was more of the wife takes it, – it takes her way too long before she's like, let's get out of here kind of thing. And that's kind of a trope of any kind of horror movie like that, it, especially even the Paranormal Activity series where they stay in the house for the entire mm -hmm. series. But there is some pretty convincing evidence that should have got her out of that house pretty early on. <laughs> it takes way too long for her to be like, okay, let's go to Grandma's. Like, Okay, please. yeah. 
Aaron, you're hitting on something great that kind of ticked me off in this movie. And it's just, it was kind of like the familiar gesture that there's always going to be somebody in the house who denies everything about ghosts. It's like, you know, it just kind of got to me like, how's, you know, she's, she's just acting naive. She's, you know, obviously there's a ghost in their, in their house, but she's like, no, 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 ghosts don't exist. Like, I feel like that's so common in, in a lot of horror movies that I just wish that they would have done something new, mm-hmm. you know? See, that's what I liked about Insidious, is like the yeah, they, second they, they, they realized moved. there was a ghost, they moved. Yeah. It didn't work, but... <laughs> it didn't no, work. Well, it, it, it never worked. worked the storyline for Insidious was better, too, which is like, yeah, of course, it, you're never going to be able to move because, oh, there's something that's been going on with you the entire time. Yeah. Also, um, the, the ghost really picks, like, the... Like, what? To go into the logic of this ghost, basically, it's it's dealt with the same family line three times in a row, and three times in a row, it's got caught on camera. Candidly, that's well, uh, just seems really irresponsible <laughs> of of that paranormal activity. Just saying. <laughs> let's uh, let's. I think we've talked about paranormal activity three okay. at length. Let's uh, move on to our rating here. And uh, James, uh, for each week, we try to assign a rating as to when to see this movie, as opposed to like a star rating or numbers or something. So we have a scale that goes from IMAX to theater to dollar theater to Netflix, HBO, TV, and just kind of forget about it. So uh, let's start with you, James. On that kind of scale, where would you say people should go and see this movie? Um, I think that you need to see this with a big audience. It doesn't deserve an IMAX uh, rating, but it does deserve your standard uh, Regal Edwards kind of theater experience. So um, theater, I think so. you should see it opening weekend. You should see it uh, today. You can see it. <laughs> uh, yeah, um, this is a Michael Jackson thriller, which is to say, you know, he's enjoying this. He doesn't want to leave, and everybody's into it. Yeah, seeing the theater packed audience. Nighttime, whatever. It's fun. It's you know you'll you'll yell a lot and hopefully you know you go away with a, a good feeling of wow that was fun. Mark, um, I I'd say just TV. I I think the experience obviously is enhanced with seeing it in the theater, but you could almost say that about any film with the wide screen and everything. So, but I just don't think there's enough to the film to to warrant seeing it in a theater. So TV. I say theater. Um. I say, if you're listening to this, you should have seen it at midnight on Thursday when it came out. <laughs> like that's that's when, that's the time to see this movie. That's where I stand. But uh, yeah, so that's Paranormal Activity three. We'll talk a little bit about it as we get to our box office results. <laughs> so, Abe, uh, do you remember last week's prediction that yeah, you made for the box I said office? First with thirty million. I sound like a fool. Yeah, you, yeah, you did. Yeah, uh, Jordan. Went surprisingly low. He said twenty-two million first place. I went thirty-five million first place. Alan went thirty-eight million, and um, Alan's our winner, and not because he was closest, but because he was the highest of the three of us who were way off. Because Paranormal Activity three became the biggest horror opening of all time this weekend. It grossed fifty-four million dollars, wow. far surpassing expectations. You know what the production budget was? The budget, I, no. Um, if I had to guess, it's probably on around five. Oh wow, fantastic! <laughs> around, yeah, it, it, it's cheap to make yeah. these movies, man. Like this, it doesn't take much effort because they try. They run the social media campaign so much, and that doesn't take any money. That's how they they get so many people to like tweet their scream, as they say, and put it on Facebook and all that. They don't even. I got. There's only so many TV spots and trailers that I've seen for it, but uh, yeah. So made a made a ton of money. Um, other films that opened because why not? Three Musketeers <laughs> came out, and that uh, that was eight eight point eight million, not very high. Anyway, Paranormal Activity, ton of money. Paranormal Two made forty million its opening weekend. Paranormal Three upped it by fifty four. So clearly, there's still a lot of blood left in that franchise. So we'll see how Paranormal Four goes, or as I like to call it, uh, Para Activity. <laughs> That's my Fast and Furious reference, but I'm gone. Okay, so live free or die paranormal. That's the last one. Okay, let's get to um, get to our retro review where we talk about a couple films that in some way relate to the main feature of the week. So uh, let's start with Abe. Abe, what movies did you think um, of? I mentioned oh. two of them, which are Catfish and uh, Insidious. Um, the next two were Hot Fuzz and Rosemary's Baby. Uh, so those are some ones that I thought of. Uh, Mark? 
I thought of Paranormal Activity and Paranormal Activity 2. It was the same thing. Uh, James, any, any movies in mind? The only movie I can think of is uh, The Blair Witch Project, which is loaded with kind of like this suspense, the use of handheld cameras, and um, bizarre endings. So to me, it, it kind of paralleled Blair Witch Project. I will say, um, actually, the movie I thought of, besides, I thought I thought of Catfish, just because I was like, I really like Catfish as well, and I'm curious to see what they could do. I thought of a movie I didn't like, which I think I've done before on this, um, the last, not or just a movie I didn't like before, anyway, uh, The Last Exorcism, which came out last year, which was another kind of, kind of cash-in on the found footage thing tied with ex- ex- exorcism movies, I guess, like The Devil Inside, maybe that's why I also thought of it. But um, that movie, which I didn't like, it, mainly because it it did feel like it brought anything new to the genre, and it, it kind of stuck in my mind. Mainly because the ending really sucks in that movie. That's kind of <laughs> that's kind of where I came at it. I, I really hate the ending of The Last Exorcism, but up until that point, it's a lot of slow waiting, just like the Paranormal Activity movies, until you get up to various scares and things. So I, I kind of, for some reason, that just popped up. It's probably because I saw the Devil Inside trailer, and I kind of kept thinking about that movie while I was watching Paranormal Activity three. But uh, yeah. Okay, now it is time for game time. <laughs> just beautiful, Aaron. Just, just beautiful. I thought yeah. so. I prepared that one, that little ditty, which I am calling um, "Little P Diddy." That's the name of it. I, it's. Uh, what, I, what is that from? I have to ask. A little, little, little P Diddy. For the music. Yeah. No, no, no. I mean the music. What? Oh, what is that? That's a that's that's company is, secret. That, you can't just be. I can't just be revealing all the magician secrets on this show, Mark. I'll, I mean, is, it, is it an original <laughs> composition? Or? It, of yeah. course it is. I just did it. <laughs> you can't do it again. You're it's nev- like... time. <laughs> it's preserved in the moment because you'll never be able to hear that again until you listen some, to the podcast. Some, somebody's two-year-old child or something. Yeah, yeah. I recruit. That's it. That's it. I recruit a child from next door to come over just when I say game time, and he the does child it. Child from Paranormal Activity Three. Yeah, that's why he doesn't need to use the doors. It just phases yeah. in. Anyway, the game time we're talking about. Uh, we're trying a new game this week. It's called Knockout. I meant to say Knockout. I, I coughed. Knockout is the game. And thanks, Abe, by the way, for that. And um, This is a game where basically um, uh, one of us, I'll start it just to do it. I will name either an actor or a director. And then the three of you are going to have to quickly name um a film from that actor or director and um you need to do it within you know a good couple seconds basically if you take too long i'm just gonna go "Ah," and then you're gonna be out so we basically go in a row so we'll we'll start we'll go abe mark james and so when i name whatever it'll go to last man standing okay okay so i'm gonna name something right now here we go soon as i say it here it comes it's happening any second now alfred hitchcock films rebecca vertigo Wait, is Vertigo one? Yeah, it is. Psycho. Um, family Plot. Uh, mm, I don't know. Hey. Pass. <laughs> <laughs> Pass. Okay, Mark's win. Mark wins this round. I'm your last man standing, Mark. Everyone else got buzzed out. Okay, Colin Farrell. Swat. Go. Daredevil. Phone booth. Uh, Fright Night. Tigerland. Crazy Heart. Oh, no, what's that movie where he's... Uh, uh, in Bruges! <laughs> Minority Report. Uh, Hearts War. Uh, sex tape with the Playboy model. <laughs> <laughs> Intermission. The Way Back. I'm out. <laughs> the Recruit. I'll be cool. Miami Vice. Total Recall. Uh, Alexander. (laughs) Dude's been in a lot of movies. Um, Yeah, I can't think of one. Okay. Nice win there, Mark. Nice job, Mark. Did you guys mention horrible bosses? No. No. Ah, there it is. (laughs) Yeah. I I was all ready for um, the Imaginarium of Dr. Parnassus, too. Uh, Yeah, okay. Let's do another one, because that's kind of fun. Yeah, Aaron Mark James. Okay. Jim Carrey. The Mask. Uh, I love you, Philip Norris. Ace Ventura. Ace Ventura, two pet to, uh, nature calls. I, uh, Christmas Carol. Liar, liar. Eternal Sunshine, the Spiral Spine. 
Uh, yeah. My turn. Peggy Sue got married. Dick and Jane. Once bitten. There's your old yeah. reference. Did they say? Did you say Bruce Almighty? Nope. Okay, Bruce Almighty. Uh, Dumb and Dumber. Uh, Earth Girls Are Easy. Uh, Man on the Moon. Truman Show. Damn. Liar, liar. That's uh, already been said. Already Damn said. it! I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> so it's just Mark and James now. Mark. Uh, I, I can't remember what's. You said Earth Girls yeah. Are Easy. Uh, me, myself, and Irene. Okay. The mask. I think the mask has already been said. I said that. Uh, James. All right. Nice Live job. Live by the Mark. sword, die by the sword. <laughs> Good job, Mark. All right. Let's uh let's talk about what we're gonna do next week. And uh, there is a host of films coming out next week. We have, uh, we have the Rum Diary starring Johnny Depp. Uh, based on the Hunter S. Thompson novel. Uh, we have Puss in Boots, starring uh, Antonio Banderas, also based off the uh, Hunter S. Thompson novel. That's a lie. Uh, we also have In Time, which has Justin Timberlake and uh, Amanda Seyfried. And that's the movie we're going to be discussing next week, the new Andrew Nichol film. And uh, what are our thoughts on Andrew Nichol? He's made Gattaca and Lord of War. and uh, Big fan of Gattaca. I love yeah. yeah. So I'm excited. Mark? Um, yeah, I... I... I'm optimistic. Cool. James? It's it's going to be a huge hit. I know it. Yeah, we'll see. Well, let's uh let's put that to the test here as we predict the box office for uh uh the in time and uh I'll just kind of give a little little thing here in time comes out on uh, the 3000 screens versus Puss in Boots which will be the biggest opening next week on 3800 and then the Rum Diary comes out and uh, more uh, like a little over 2,000 screens. So, you know, In Time's got some competition, but it's, you know, it's a big JT movie, big sci-fi action, so could could do well. Um, by the way, I find it funny that it says Under Rum Diary Adventure. That just kind of made me laugh a little. <laughs> but, uh, uh, but yeah, let's predict uh, what In Time's going to do. Let's start with our favorite contestant in this, Abe. Uh, it's going to be number two, and I'm going to go with uh, a healthy 33 million. Number two of thirty-three yeah. billion. Puss and Boots is gonna be number That's... one. Puss and Boots. Huh? <laughs> and you, you think Paranormal Activity will drop down past that? Yeah. Well, I don't know. It's Halloween weekend. Ooh, you never that's know. a tough one. Maybe Puss and Boots will be. But Abe's already made his guess, so he can't. I mean, not to like give you help. Oh no 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 no. no, no. Abe's, Abe's I, already I, made I usually guess. don't uh, require help because I usually get it wrong. Yeah. Good good point, Mark. Uh, I will say in time will come in third, and I will say. 16 million. One six? Okay. Yeah. One six. James? Uh, I agree. It's going to come in third. And um, as far as money goes, I think it's going to be around 28. 28. Okay. And I will, I'm going to say, hmm, I'm going to say third as well. That sounds reasonable to me. And I will say, I'm going to go a little lower. I'm going to say 14 million. You always undercut me. I do. <laughs> but I, but I, I'm trying to apply some logic to these guesses. I actually think that's a reasonable number to guess. But um, Next we'll... next time I do this with you, I want you going first. <laughs> Mark, Mark, that's the genius of hosting the show. I can decide oh, what's the tap. It's your show. <laughs> Consarn it. Those are our predictions for next week, so we'll see. Um but anyway, that's going to do it this week for Out Now with Aaron and Abe. You can find more of my work at my personal blog site, the, uh, the CodeAzeek.com, where you can find all my written movie reviews. You can also find more of my work at WhySoBlue.com for Blu-ray reviews and other fun stuff from the other guys on that site. You can also find me at Twitter at Twitter.com slash Aaron's PS3. Abe? People can find more of my work at WorldSmooth.blogspot.com, Two Animals, WalrusMoose.blogspot.com, and Twitter.com slash WalrusMoose. Mark? You can find my blog at fastfilmreviews.wordpress.com. That's Fast Film Reviews, all one word. And then I'm also on Twitter at uh, Mark underscore Hoban. And James. Okay. Um, you could check out my column at lagunanagel.patch.com. You can also find me on Twitter at Jimmy Leaks. Awesome. All right, guys. Well, uh, as always, good, good, ha good having you on here. It's fun to... 
get everybody involved, and we had a pretty decent discussion of Paranormal Activity 3, I think, so that was fun, yeah. right? Yeah, it was great. Thank you guys so much. I really appreciate coming on the show. Oh, yeah, it's fun. And, you know. Yes, same here. I always appreciate coming on, so I appreciate you having me as a guest. Oh, yeah, it's it's more, more than welcome, and we, you know, we'll be happy to have you on again. It's more than here. So uh, a few other things. All our episodes for out now are available on iTunes. Um, you can also find us at hhwlod.com find all the episodes there as well as episodes of other shows including the walking dead tv podcast which is a, it's, a, it's a fun fun show with the group of guys that talk about the uh, now that the series is back on again uh they talk about the episodes weekly after the after the show and there's other shows that talk about comics and movies and other fun stuff also uh you can also find some of our episodes at outnow.podomatic.com a few exclusives are there as well and you can email us at outnowpodcast at gmail.com and you can also like our facebook page at facebook.com slash outnowpodcast so until next week, when we see um, how much Justin's bringing sexy back in time, we'll uh, see you then. So bye-bye. Bye, guys. All right, guys. Thank you so much. Take care. Bye, everyone. Bye.